0: Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Callie Chisholm, the Creative Coordinator at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We published more than hundred titles under our Nurturing Faithbook imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Today's guests are Marlene and Miles Westner, authors of Life More Abundant. They are joining us remotely from Oklahoma. Marlene and Miles, welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, Thank you. We are glad to be here.
0: We're always glad to talk about our work. We're so glad to have you both. Life More Abundant is about nine basic human needs. Acceptance, love, value, security, forgiveness, guidance, support, purpose, and hope. What have you seen in people to make this book necessary? Or in other words, what prompted or inspired it?
2: Well, I have very specific answer for that one. It's an interesting answer. I taught psychology and sociology at a university for 32 years, uh, and as people know, anybody that's ever been to school knows that when you teach those two courses, there are chapters on the Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and uh, in those classes, we taught, we did that every every semester. But one year we were planning our sermon series for our church. And when we got to the Abraham's Mass, uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs in my psychology class, a light bulb moment went off in my head. And I said, You know, this is the very same thing we're preaching. One is described in academic language over here, and the other in spiritual language over here but they're talking about the same things. So I added a little religious material and a lot of scriptures and developed this book, A Life Abundant. Uh, Also, as a teacher, and both as a teacher and a church leader, I constantly dealt with people with problems resulting from lack of acceptance or value or purpose. And our book deals with those issues. One illustration from our book I want to share a certain right-eyed little third grader loved his teacher, but he failed every test and he lost every bit of his homework. And one day that exasperated teacher looked at him and said, young man, you're very smart and you could be one of my best students. Then before she could finish her lecture, he looked up with large, serious eyes and said, teacher, I didn't know that. From then on, things were different. This child did become one of her best students. He realized his value and it changed his life. And I wanna add one little thing, as is true of most of the illustrations in our books, I was that teacher and I've followed that student and many others just like him and he's a successful businessman today. So that's kind of where this book came from. Uh, Also, Today, social media is so destructive in ridiculing and bullying and criticizing young people that it's leading to even to increases in suicide and depression. So it seems that more than any time in the
0: past,
2: we need to feel our needs being met.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree, especially about social media. It is such a toxic environment sometimes, so you're absolutely right about that. Um, Miles, would you like to add on?
1: Well, I said that the purpose of Christianity is not just to get a ticket to heaven. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life, and that abundantly. That abundant life uh, can't exist unless the Spirit of Christ is in us. of hatred that's produced by prejudice and greed.
0: In your book, Life More Abundant, you write that Christians are not called to be religious or pious. Rather, we are called to enjoy a real, free, and productive life. And then you go on to say that people are led to believe that God wants everyone to be sad and somber with no zest for life. Could you elaborate on that a little bit, Miles?
1: When I was growing up, I was a preacher's kid. And, uh, My concept of Christianity was a sad, long-faced person.
2: Our trademark and brand for all of our years have been not being pious, having no religious jargon, and certainly not being stereotypical preacher and preacher's wives. Let me tell you a personal story about that. There's a woman in our church that has been there, we've been there 60 years, and only three or four people are still alive that were there when we went. She's one of them. And she, and a few months ago, she came to me and said, do you want to know why I love you all so much and why we joined this church? And, I, of course, I said, yes. She said, well, one night at choir practice, we looked up and you and Brother Western was having a heated argument, a loud disagreement over the music and how we were doing it. And I said to my husband, honey, these are just regular folks. They're just people like us. I think I'd like to join this church. And they went on, and that that husband became a dedicated deacon. And the other day, I got a Christmas card from that lady. I think folks need to see real people, not cardboard
1: copies. Yes, yeah.
2: And also, I've always been a maverick. I'm going to tell one little story about when I was a teenager. When I was about 14 or 15, we had a pastor who was going through his anti-dance crusade. (laughs) No person, no young person from his church could even view the prom, much less get out on the dance floor. But lo and behold, all at once, a company brought in a roller rink, skating rink. Every kid in town, including the preacher's kids, came and put on skates. And lo and behold, they all began to get into couples and move to music. And the next Sunday night, we had a business meeting after church, and I held up my hand and said, I want to know one thing. How is it wheels on your feet make it all right to do that? <laughs> and the silence that that resulted from that question, I've, I've had many times in my life since then, as I've asked Unorthodox questions, but it never was answered <laughs> It's
0: like the real life footloose right there <laughs>
2: that that kind of explains our uh, at least my uh personality uh and also we we are very very strong about trying to emphasize jesus ministry and Jesus teaching. Jesus was a vital, interesting, and magnetic person. Children loved him. He attracted fishermen and government officials and beggars and kings and scholars and tradesmen. In short, he was a regular guy. It's unfortunate that we always seem to picture him with a halo and a white robe instead of jeans and boots. Actually, Jesus was so normal-looking and acting that Judas had to point him out in the crowd. He went to parties, he built houses, he had friends, he lived a full life. He offers that life to us.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I would like to hear more about your backgrounds now. Um, You've both worn many hats over the course of your careers and have traveled all over the world and done a lot of great things. Um, Marlene, starting with you, you taught psychology, like you mentioned earlier, um, I think for more than 30 years, is that correct? 32 years. (laughs) 32 years at Southeastern Oklahoma State University. So I'm curious to hear about your experiences with college students and how that might have impacted the way you wrote this book. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but if you could dive into it a little bit more, that'd be great.
2: My college students, I realized, saw churches as irrelevant and judgmental. We've lost a generation of youth, actually. I learned about the real world from my students. As a psych teacher, I heard a lot of things. They came to me and used me as a counselor about their problems a lot. And uh, they were honest when they talked to me. Also, uh, I think our travel has added to that. that we met, I remember especially, a, a wonderful Muslim teacher in uh, Egypt. And we met some Buddhists in China and realized that their people, and that they're not our enemies.
0: So Miles, I also want to talk about you a little bit. Um, You serve students as a high school counselor. So is there anything that you continue to carry with you from that time?
1: Oh, yes. I I was part of the integration team for the uh, Ida Bell School System. I was the first white counselor and teacher in the black school in our city. Mm -hmm. I also taught social studies and history. At the college level, I tried to point out the long term value of democracy as opposed to dictatorships and oppression.
0: We'll be right back with more of Good Faith Reads.
3: Jenna. I'm Ashley. And we're reverends. Revs on the road. Pop in the car with us and come along for the ride. As we step out of the pulpit and see what God is up to in the world. We're not leaving the church. We're just finding it in all kinds of beautiful places. Revs on the road, a podcast from Good Faith Media. We travel the country from the comfort of our place in Dallas for now and catch up with beautiful people doing God's work advocating for disability rights, healing from church hurt and spiritual abuse, promoting mental health and the power of community, integrating spirituality and art, working for racial justice, and so much more. We've got red light rants, pit stops, and detours. Faith is a journey, and we're on it. So ride along with us, The Revs, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Revs on the Road. I'm Jenna, and I'm Ashley, we're Revs on the Road, a podcast from Good Faith Media. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org.
0: Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by Marlene and Miles Wessner, authors of the Good Faith Media book Life More Abundant. I'm Callie Chisholm, Creative Coordinator of Good Faith Media. So you both have now written three books for Nurturing Faith. What do you two enjoy the most about writing together?
2: I'll say how we do it, because I'm the speech teacher. I was psych teacher, but I also taught speech. Those were my two areas. And uh, I usually organize the beginning and then I polish at the end. And then in all of the middle part, (laughs) we work together. He's a sounding board and he also does all the computer editing. Mainly I say I write with a pen and he writes with a computer. And uh, <laughs> I love to express either orally or written. It doesn't matter which. So, uh, so that when I even when I started teaching at the college, and I know people wonder how I taught 32 years at the college and yet about 30 years at the public school because some of that overlapped right at the 1st. And then I retired from public school and went full time out there. Uh, But when I started teaching at the college, it's a branch from that university that's in our town. And uh, the administrator at that time that hired me had been my second grade pupil. (laughs) So it was kind of a fun thing. And when I, I was so excited after teaching a class or two and getting to talk, that I said, oh, Tommy, I love this job. I didn't pay you to let me do it. And he yelled through his office and said, oh, Ms. Wester, let's get that down on paper. And I've been teased about that for the next 32 years. But it's true. I love to teach. And I did until I was 79 years old at the college.
0: So you wrote this book before the COVID-19 lockdowns and all the mandates. How has the ongoing pandemic affected these nine basic needs that you talk about in the book?
1: Well, this time out due to the pandemic has been a blessing for us. It's even been a break. It gave us a break from pastoring and sermon preparation. We've been able to spend our time drawing together and editing our writings uh, from over the years. I get excited all over again, and I can't wait to... Uh, publish the things that we've done. I'm 88 years old, and although I'm in good health, I know my time's running out and I can't wait.
2: (laughs) I think just exacerbated the problems. Every problem that we had is worse. Uh, Right now, I think the times in our country, both politically and medically, (laughs) are about as bad as probably the worst they've been in most people's lifetime. Now, those of us and older who can go back to the Great Depression and World War II probably experienced some similar bad times. But I believe most people, this is about the most trying time. Uh, there are more depression and anxiety and, and having to cope and adapt to situations. And therefore, having those needs filled are even more important than ever.
0: So an important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. If you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head on over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. That's goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Marlene and Miles, I wonder if you might read for us a short passage from the book that you would like listeners to hear.
1: It's really the last two paragraphs in the book. And uh, as Christians, we're called to be real. We're to use our special personalities, our skills, our experiences, our interests, and our talents to the fullest. We're to be free of guilt, fear, and bitterness by accepting God's forgiveness and then forgiving ourselves. We're to be productive in our families in our communities and in the world this is the abundant life Jesus promised when he said i know what i have planned for you i have good plans for you i don't plan to hurt you i plan to give you hope and a good future and of course this is from jeremiah 29:11 uh, this is what jesus meant when he said i have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly
2: Christianity should be so beneficial and fulfilling that we'd share it even though without a a promise of heaven. Now, my passage is from one of our sermons. Old minister was responding to an atheist who confronted him, and he said, Sir, if I discovered today that there is no God, my faith was an illusion i wouldn't change a thing my christian life has given me so many benefits that i don't regret any decision to embrace it then he listed these nine basic benefits i was accepted by my church family i felt loved by god and my fellow christians my work in the church gave me feelings of value I experienced peace and security instead of anxiety and insecurity. I was forgiven and my guilt was abolished. I was strengthened and guided in times of uncertainty. I had a loyal support group during sorrow and tragedy. My faith gave meaning and purpose to my life. I had hope instead of despair. If something consistently produces such positive results, then it's real. When we realize these benefits, then we can experience the abundant life Jesus promised.
0: Our guests today on Good Faith Reads has been Marlene and Miles Westner, authors of Life More Abundant. The book, along with more than a hundred other titles, is available as both a print book and ebook at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast with us today. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: We had a lot of fun. This was
1: a
2: joy to get to do this. We really appreciate it.